Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 38 of Give It The Beans. Now, today what I'm going to do is talk about a gaining phase setup. Now, that'll be both in regards to nutrition and also training, and this will follow nicely into the episode later on the week with the hypertrophy coach, Joe Bennett, in which we'll speak all about how to gain tissue during this lockdown. So not only will you know how to set a beginning phase from this episode, I will discuss sort of how to transition from the lockdown training-wise to when the gym's open, but you'll also have that added extra benefit of the episode with Joe that should back up, hopefully, what I say in today's episode. If it doesn't, um, then by all means, uh, by the time you've listened to this, um, I may have, you know, may have deleted it. Um, or re redone it, but I don't think I will. So, you know, setting up a gain phase in general, there's a few common mistakes I will see a lot of people do, and I want to discuss them first before we look at where we'd start. So often what we see is when people start dieting, they get so meticulous with their routines, their training, their schedules, their meal times, their sleep, their stress management, right? They're on the money with everything. And when we have that structure, we just create an environment that, that we thrive in. And ultimately, it's what leads to adherence, right? Now, when we get to a gaining phase, what we often see is that people, like people's routines, go to fucking shit. Like absolute shit. This, what, number one, they stop meal prepping. Number two, they stop going to bed at the same time or as early. They just focus on like, I'll watch an extra, you know, episode of fucking Holby City or fucking you know Love Island or whatever pishes on. Combined with that though, because they're up late and they haven't got this sort of goal of stepping on stage or doing a sort of photo shoot or this and next thing, they go, oh, I'm gonna have some fucking cookies at night. And then the next night, oh, I'm going to have some crisps at night. And before you know it, the calories across the week, if this was a graph, have just shot up, right? Now, on top of that, often, the last few weeks of dieting, people can really not like training. It can become something that is just quite mundane, quite boring. And then when it comes to after dieting, the last thing they want to do is get back into training. I am so different. I love training. And it frustrates me when I get to that point of dieting where it becomes just getting through it. But what I get so excited about is the post-diet training phase when you've put a bit more food in and you just feel amazing when you train and strength goes through the roof. But for the most part, not everybody does that. Um, so we've had this... We've had this point where we've been so structured, so meticulous, to then we go to fucking nothing. How can we expect to add tissue? I mean, by all means, not a lot of people sticking a meal plan or fucking calories post-dieting phase if it's the first time you're doing it because you've went, fuck that, I felt shit, I'm never going to do it again. But unfortunately, what happens is you've got such a small window in whether you can put the body in a really good place to push for like, a good five, six, seven, eight month period, or a window which you get really fat in like three, four weeks, and then you've ruined your off season, you need to diet again to put the body in a good place to, to then push back up. 
Which of the two sounds good? Yeah, you're probably right. The one that you can push for five, six, seven, eight months. So I think the best thing to do when we start a gaining phase is to keep all your habits and routines in there. I, don't, I mean, okay, right, let's say you've pulled down cardio, you don't do as much, you pull down steps, right, or you have to eat a little bit more, <clears throat> still eat at the same time, still do the steps at the same times, because what will happen is, if it, if, it's, if it remains autonomic, then you'll continue to do it, and you, you shouldn't add too much body fat, and you should be able to, if, you know, add a little bit of tissue, especially if you're an assisted male bodybuilder, um, but it's not that we see that. So... You're probably thinking, right, Vaughn, you've talked through how a lot of people just become fat bastards after a dieting phase. Now, I, I, say, I say that jokingly, right? They don't become fat bastards. They just, what they do is they ruin a gaining phase. So if we speak about you've got such a tangible goal when you're dieting, we're trying to get down to a certain body weight, we're trying to look a certain way, achieve a certain body composition, Maybe it's perhaps achieve a certain dress size or a certain waist measurement or whatnot. Now, when someone gets to a gaining phase, they often lose sight of a goal because they get so focused on how they look in the mirror that when you're pushing up, you don't really necessarily kind of like what you see in the mirror because it's softer, it's fluffier. As you can see from my face, you hold a bit more water, right? So I've went from skinny cheeks to you know little hamster cheeks here within sort of three four weeks to be expected right i'm almost 30 pounds up um switching over some drugs that'll make me retain a little bit of water weight it's natural but what you kind of need to have the very first thing you must do when setting up a beginning phase is you have to set goals right this links back to my previous episode little plug Episode 37, I talked about a vision. So this vision is at the forefront of your mind when you're setting up this gaining phase. Because by all means, you're not fucking there yet and you're not going to get there in just 20 weeks, right? It's going to require, over the years, multiple gaining phases, multiple dieting phases. And the vision will continue to change because as you get closer to it, the bar will move and it'll get a little bit further away and it'll get a little bit further away till one day... You get a photo back from stage, you look in the mirror and you go, holy fucking shit, that's me. Right, but that only comes about through being very fucking meticulous in an off-season or a gaining phase. So, it's the start of an off-season, you just finished dieting, what do you do? Well, stress on the body is quite high, so you're going to have to reduce that. How do we reduce that? Number one, look at reducing output and upping food. It's going to be completely person dependent. I couldn't give you generic guidelines for everyone because what would work for a bikini girl is going to be completely different at work for like a male bodybuilder. Take me for example, I'm now sitting at close to about 117 kilos or 260 pounds there or thereabouts, right? Now I went from doing to the week of sort of depletion, cardio every single day, to then the minute we start pushing up, no cardio, not needed, right? And that's just me because when I do cardio, I struggle to put on weight. If you're a bikini girl and you've been doing, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes of cardio a day and you just stop that and you start binging, 
No wonder we're going to gain a lot of excess fluid and a lot of excess body fat. So what you're going to need to do is just reduce that. Now, again, if you're wondering, well, Vaughn, that's not really too specific. The reason I'm not giving you specifics is I don't want to lie to you and bullshit you like a lot of people will. Right, you should be working with with a coach if you're down into extremities, or you should have a fucking idea what you're doing. Right, so reduce it, but then often we have to up food. Why? Because what does food do? It offsets the effects of stress. Right, glucocorticoids, cortisol, putting in more food will reduce levels of cortisol. So for that, I think that again, this is person dependent. How much food do we add in, Vaughn? You're probably gonna ask. Well, I'll often bump up food by quite a bit, easily by about anywhere between an extra 250 to 400 calories extra a day. Again, totally depends, right? If it's a male bodybuilder, it could be a lot higher than that. Um, but I'll tend to favor roughly between there on training days. Non-training days, I'll still like to keep quite low. I'll maybe bump up slightly, but because I'll usually add in a quote-unquote free meal, I think just bump a small bump up's fine and often that free meal can give people a little bit of sanity because if you explain to them this short window about adding muscle mass or gaining body fat quickly they go oh shit well i want to add tissue and i want to get fat so you give them that free meal it gives them something to look forward to be adherent to like stick with for that week they have a meal on the saturday boom right sunday we're back on plan and then when it gets to the weekly check-in, often if like the check-in's on the Wednesday, Thursday, that meal they had on the Saturday, any fluid that they sort of had brought on from that meal is usually gone. Then you can be reactive and you can you know potentially put calories up or drop output or what they're after. But I think what you're looking to do at the start of the gaining phase is you're looking to set a target weight. That's my opinion. Right now, this can change over time depending upon how the physique looks and the visuals or response that we get. So let's say you're a bikini girl, right? I'm going to use bikini girl, I'm going to use assisted male bodybuilders as two examples. Say you're a bikini girl and your stage weight was like 48 kilos, right? Okay, maybe, maybe it was a little bit less, but let's go 48. Well, once you've finished dieting, you know, you've went through the dehydration, the, the diuretics and whatnot, natural diuretics and whatnot, um, as you've had a bit more food and you've been a bit sedentary for a couple of days, post-show, post-shoot, um, your body weight is probably going to be up 50-51, right, easily. So that's where I would look to push from. That would be my starting weight. My starting weight would not be your stage weight. It is not reflective of what the physique should be at, right? Your stage weight is usually quite low. So let's say you're up at 51. Now, what I would probably do is I say, right, I am going to push you up to 60 kilos and I'm going to do that over the course of six months. That will mean that each month we need to gain X amount of weight. That means that each week we are looking to gain X amount of weight. If we do not see this, we will be reactive and we will put our calories up. If we see perhaps we're gaining too quickly, we will adjust calories back down so the rate of gain slows up and we'll be back on track with that progress. Now, it's not to say that perhaps in that time frame, let's say we get three months in and we're up at 55, maybe 56 kilos, and we're really, really lean and we're fucking jacked, I might say, right, we can maybe push up a little bit more here and get away with it because next time we diet back down, your stage weight is going to be close to 50. You, you know what I mean? But think of that as a female if you're listening, like... You've just dieted, 
and then your coach says, right, over the course of six months, I'm going to put 20 to 24 pounds on you. That's two stone. Now, it sounds like an over, like this overwhelming um, sort of idea, but because it's over such a long period and the adjustments are quite small, you don't notice your body change quite as much because it's bit little by little, bit by bit. And I use Clara as an example. The first time she dieted for her very first show, I think her stage weight was 46 kilos. And I said, Clara, I need to push you up to 56. I think we ended up going 57. We pulled right back down the next year. I think she was 45 kilos on stage. And holy shit, what a fucking difference. And, you know, she got a pro card. So congratulations to Clara. And if any of you want to see that transformation, go have a check out of her page. Clarita, SW, SA underscore VW, uh, underscore VW physique. Now, as I've said before, I'll address the male bodybuilders in a little bit. So, program-wise, you have to think about what areas you need to bring up. In fact, before I get to program-wise, I should probably talk about the food adjustments, shouldn't I? Right, so, let's say we have got four weeks in, and we've got the kilo and a half on that we needed, and then two weeks go by, and we don't see anything. You're, you're going to need to make an adjustment with food. What do I personally tend to do with food? I like to have a three-tier structure. I love to put calories higher on training days or than non-training days. But in particular, I like to split and quite go quite high calories on lower body days where the fuel demands are at the highest, medium calories on our upper body days, and then quite low on a non-training day when we don't need it. The reason we keep it low on a non-training day is because we have the availability to put in more fuel where we need it, but also going to help with recovery demands. Because let's say you have a big ass leg session on a Monday, your calories are still that little bit higher on a Tuesday, it's going to help the recovery process. So what I tend to do with females is I'm going to make an adjustment, an addition of about 30, I think 50 would be, that would be extreme, right? Not extreme, sorry, but unlikely. Between 30 to 50 grams of carbs, and I'm going to probably increase that around the workout parameter, Protein will always remain a constant. Fats. Fats I will look to push up later on. So let's say perhaps, like people will overeat carbs. So you want to give them some carbs to stick to the diet. Then you have to have this idea of health in the back of your mind because often dietary fats will help the, the menstrual cycle come back. So I'll try and never let fats really go too low and I'll always put them or set them roughly about 30 or 40 grams post-diet and that's what I push them up from. But the increases can be dependent upon individual, right? So carbohydrates, 30 to 50 grams, on the workout parameter, and that's all I'll do, usually every, every few weeks, depending upon what I'm seeing visuals-wise. Um, but God, you know, I've, I've known some females that we've got their fats up about 70, 80 grams of fat, um, particularly to help the menstrual cycle with their carbs being up as well. So you can make the adjustments, you know, let's say you just go 15 to 20 gram of carb, and then maybe you go 10, 15, 20 gram of fat for some increases. Then again, you set it and you're gonna to need to be reactive on a weekly basis, but by when you set that new energy expenditure, it's gonna take seven to 10 days for you to actually understand or see what's coming from that. Um, and then again, as I'm saying, just rinse and repeat, you look and see, right, are we, are we gonna attain that same weight? In that same time period though, for this is guys and girls, I think you should all be setting numbers for your logbook. 
right? So making sure that you've programmed effectively to bring the body parts up that you want to bring up. If it's females, you've got to be putting in quite a lot of legs, all right? I've talked about this on podcasts before in regards to females doing a bit more volume, um, but also you've got to consider stuff like the lateral head on the deltoid. As a female, are you going to do much arms? Probably not. Or chest, probably not, because you don't want to bring your chest up. And let's face it, if you're a bikini girl, you don't need jacked arms to be doing that. Maybe a little bit of triceps, but you don't need to be doing much else. Okay, male bodybuilders, physique athletes. What I'll say is for the majority of you, your calories do not need to go as high as you think they do for you to grow. It is as simple as that. I have worked with many physique athletes over the years, guys, male assisted bodybuilders who come to me from an off season and they are fat. And I say, what the fuck have you been eating? They're like, oh wow, how many calories are at 5,000? And I'm like, why the fuck were you doing that? I went, because that's where my calories need to go and above. And I'm six foot four, 260 pounds. It's a complete difference to someone who's perhaps maybe five foot eight, five foot nine and weighs maybe, you know, 80 kilos or, or 85 kilos. Completely different scenario, right? So, I think what you need to understand, guys, is that your appetite's obviously bigger than those females, right? You are, you have an ability to eat more, but the same rules apply to you as they do the females. The difference is, is that because of, if you're assisted, you have an increased level of anabolism within the body. You also have the capacity to churn through food at a higher rate. So your ability to handle higher calories very, very quickly will be far superior to a natural male or just a just, just a, you know, a natural female. So you have a finite window and currently that's something I'm going through, right? Most of you have seen, if not by now on Instagram, the visuals of me being 30 pounds up and condition holding quite well. So naturally with that will come a lot of fluid retention, right? Because of the increase in carbohydrates. I've went from, you know, 300 grams of carbs um, on a trend day now up to 775. Um, along with changing some drugs, which naturally, you know, MPP, Nandrolone, will bring a little bit of water with it. So, guys, your increase from a dieting phase, you're probably going to get away with, I would say, an increase of about 500 calories more on a training day than you were on post-diet phase. And again, cardio, if you, if you were doing fuckloads, and by fuckloads I mean like you were doing like 35, 40, 45 minutes a day of, say, let's say, hit training, I would probably keep cardio in, but I'd switch it to, to steady state, and I'd probably pull steps down by quite a bit. Because usually some guys and girls, right, they got to do a shitload of steps to get conditioned. Not me. I was doing no more than 12,500. It was the highest I ever went. So again, the same rules apply, right? Extra 500 calories, we're going to go lower, upper, non-training day split. Guys, your increases will come very, very quickly. Now, what I would say is post-dieting phase, again, this is person dependent. So myself, 30 pounds up in three weeks. Um, I'll give you a, a client, you'll probably be listening. Um, Neil just joined um, and he kind of let me take over his rebound and uh I think we were at 172 pounds and or, or something like that when he started 
And I said, right, within two weeks, I want to be up at 184. Right, so I gave him something tangible that we wanted to work towards. So I knew we could easily get, because of his height, because of his frame, muscle mass and whatnot, I was like, we could easily add 12 pounds, be just as conditioned, um, you know, feel good, be much fuller, um, gain a little bit of tissue within a two-week period. And I think, sent me his checking sheet last night, he was sitting at like, things like 182. So we're almost there, and it's almost two weeks post-diet. Post, uh, post but what we've done with him is, I said, right, add in a bit more food, and I said, right, I want an update every sort of three days on what's going on with visuals, uh, but also what's going on with body weight. So I think within the first like nine days, we had like three food increases, and what would happen is his weight would sort of ju jump up a pound or two, and then it would hold, or it would drop back down, so then we'd add a bit more food in, right? So, I mean, the... I think as a coach, you're what you should be doing, whether it's a guy or a girl, is that you should be still having more than one check in a week for clients that are uh, rebounding. You know, you've been prepping them, and maybe you've got them checking in every single day. Maybe it's every second day or whatnot. They can't then just drop down straight to once a week. If you do that, you're a shit coach because you're not helping them in this small period where they need so much support, but also you have the ability as a coach to literally like mutate someone in this time period. So guys naturally who like to train very fucking hard and females, um, that first sort of week post diet phase, you'll want to go all in, right? Because you're so, like if you train to failure and you love it, the minute you put more food in, you just, whoa, you feel great. And you want to empty the fucking tank. But honestly, that first week post-diet, like, I would go... I don't like reps in reserve. I really don't like it at all. But I would leave one or two in the tank. On, like, the big fucking sets, like the big-ass hacks, what's one of them. Maybe leaving one. Until you've gained, like, this is guys, until you've gained at least sort of maybe 15 to 20 pounds, then the body will be ready. Joints-wise, will be ready for that. Um, but hey, I'm three weeks in and I will say, do as I say, not as I do because my first week post-dying phase, I, I train till failure. But the thing is now, I'm not training with a spotter. So it's not true failure. It's to the point where I'm like, right, if I go again, I, I'm not coming back up. Whereas when I had a spotter, it, it was fine. I could go to the point where I wasn't coming back up because the, you know, Fitch was there just to, just to help and bring me back up. Now guys, same rules apply to you as they do at Giddles. Like you've got to logbook. You need to have your program set out and say, right, these are my numbers. And over the course of a six month period, I'm going to add this amount of weight to the hack squat, the pendulum, the Smith press, the, the chest plated, chest supported row or you know, chest plate loaded shoulder press or whatever it is, right? So. You've again got something tangible in front of you to to reach out towards. Now, guys will often not be too much bothered about the weight that they're going to add, but again, let's say for example, your stage weight is a guy. Maybe you were roughly, I don't know, 84, 85 kilos. It really wouldn't be that wise to be going much above 100 kilos in an off-season phase. 
again, it's totally person dependent because you could go from stage weight 85 and then within a sort of four week period, you might gain 20 pounds, right? And then that would take you up to close to, let's say 20 divided by 2.2, it's not quite close to 10, maybe it's eight and a half, nine. It's gonna take you up to 94 kilos. You know what I mean? So then you've got like a six month period thereafter to try and push on another sort of kilo a month. Um, so again, it depends. What I usually would do if you're an assisted bodybuilder is I would rebound effectively for an eight to 10 week period, right? Because you've just run high drugs for quite a long time. So your body does need a break from them, but if you want to capitalize on it, you can keep drugs, switch them over, keep them a little bit higher for 10 weeks, gain a little bit of tissue, body weight, for example, I'll be 50 pounds up, then thereafter drop to a cruise dose and cruise for as long as necessary to get blood work in check, depending on the severity of the goal, then you push back up without needing to recomp. So for me, I will probably cruise for a six to eight week period and I'll push back up and I'll push from 275 above 300. Why? Because the goal is to put on as much tissue as I can this year to come back next year and be competitive in like a pro qualifier the British finals in classic physique. Now that's a, quite a high level goal. If your goal is just that I want to compete one day and it's maybe going to be cool to do it and I'm not too sure when or where, then I wouldn't necessarily be thinking that you need to be so, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not negligible, but you know, bodybuilding body is not a healthy sport. Right, so taking anabolics for a prolonged period being a super physiological dose will have a negative impact on your health. So if the goal is quite far away, you don't necessarily need to do that, but again, what I would do is talk to someone who has done it before, whether that be a coach. Don't just speak to Big Davey on the fucking, on, on the fucking forums and whatnot and listen to him, because he doesn't know shit. Now, guys, food increases for you, I'm probably gonna put in an extra probably going to be close to 50 grams of carbs in around the workout parameter is where I will tend to increase first. Once I've maxed out intra and post-workout, so intra I wouldn't probably push above 90, 90 grams really, I think any more than above that is just fucking shit to, to take in. So I'd go 90, I'd max out post-workout at 300 grams of carbs and then I'd go post-workout too, that's where I start pushing up. And once that's maxed out, anywhere across the day, just fucking get it in. Now, what you're probably thinking, or you know, both guys and girls, is, you know, last but not least, wondering, well, Vaughn, what about programming? What if I hit a point in, in, in the gaining phase where I stall? So, this could, can happen, will happen, and we need to consider a few things. Number one, does that, uh, do you have an emotional connection to that movement? If so, stop having emotional connection to that movement, right? What we want to do is if we haven't progressed something for about, a, I'm gonna say a three week period max, if it's been two, you have one more attempt before it's gone, it's out, right? Now, again, the reason I say that is because it's the total accumulated load on the body that will ensure like hypertrophy happens over time, we get an adaptive response. Now, we, have a look at some different aspects of hypertrophy, which we'll speak about with Joe, which will be about metabolic stress, mechanical tension, maybe perhaps a few other things. That is what you're probably gonna focus on right now. 
to get that adaptive response, but for the most part, you are going to combine that with mechanical load and try and take advantage of all three. When the gyms do open again, that's when you'll mainly focus on mechanical load because it is king, right? And arguably, someone could say tension is king, but I think both is a combination, right? So if something's not progressed for about three weeks, you're going to have to swap it out and go like for like, right? So if it's a hip extension movement, what you then add in is a hip extension movement. Or if you're limited with the equipment you have and the environment that you're in, what you can look to do is change the rep range up. So maybe you've been doing a set of 6 to 8 and a set of 10 to 12. Well, why not just change that to the top set being 8 to 10 and the back off set being 12 to 15. And again, you've got to think, well, the greater the amount of reps I'm doing with the more load, it's more total accumulative load on the body, that's progression. You could ch change up the tempo. For example, you could, if you're doing an RDL standard, you could change it to a paused RDL. Again, reduces the load, but what it does is increases mechanical tension. So again, we're working with a different mechanism of hypertrophy. Now, there may come a point in programming where you're not seeing a response, and I've seen, I've done this plenty of times. I'll say to someone, you know what, everywhere's growing, but this area is lagging behind. Let's take Laura, for example. Laura Brand, probably listening right now. Shout out to Laura. Looking great. Bikini girl next year, two bros. One to look out for. We'll absolutely fucking smash it. You know, we programmed in and uh, everywhere was growing. Like her glutes, her back, her delts. And her quads were growing, but they were just lagging behind a little bit. And I said, right, Laura, here's an addition of two extra sets across the week for quads. Two extra fucking sets, right? Now, most people are probably thinking, well, that's not a lot. I know how Laura trains. Those two extra sets absolutely fucked her up, right? And they should do if you train until failure. But if you're not, those two sets are going to do fuck all. So one, have a look at how much volume are you doing that's just like fluff volume, that's just shit and not got, not enough, like not trained hard enough to get an adaptive response and how much is like proper volume are you going, those sets that you're going all in at. And in my opinion, unless it's a metabolic stress set, which again, you're still going to go to failure, every set's all in, every set's to the death. Now, that hopefully sums up how to set up a gaining phase. I was going to go into detail about a program and whatnot at this current moment in this environment. However, we are doing a webinar this coming Thursday. And if you want to be in it, all you need to do is DM me on Instagram, the words webinar, or email me or WhatsApp me or whatever, and I could send you the link. Now what we'll be doing and talking about in that webinar myself and the team, Ali and Clara, is answering your questions directly related to training, doesn't need to be around this lockdown. It can be involved within a gym as well. Um, but we are going to be available on Thursday, this Thursday, from 7 till 8 at night. Um, all you have to do, email us over. It's completely for free. We're limiting the amount of spaces to 20 people so we can get through all questions. So please do get in touch with me if you want to take advantage of that. Another plug is watch out for this week's upcoming episode with Joe Bennett, the hypertrophy coach. This episode is live on Tuesday. The one with Joe should be live this coming Thursday or Friday, depends on how things go with the recording and editing and whatnot. And last but not least, you know we're in the fourth week of the lockdown. Um, I hope that your physique goals are still on track 
If they are not, you know, we are getting cur a current review of the lockdown by the government this Thursday. Um, and they've told us not to be hopeful. So what does that mean? That, that this is going to go on for a pretty long time. All I would say is if you are still struggling, you're hoping the gym's open, they ain't going to what to do is you've got to get your hands on some equipment and start training at home. If you're unsure of what to do at home, we do have a six-week lockdown physique program that is designed specifically for you to help you bring up your physique and achieve those goals whilst being locked down with minimal equipment. And again, we take advantage of metabolic stress, isometric contractions, and mechanical tension along with a little bit of load because you might not have as much load as you would get in a gym. So those are some some things to think about and if you have any questions you could use the webinar as a means of okay well what would training look like and of course we can answer all those questions absolutely fine. Just got to direct them to myself, Ali or Clara, DM one of us the words webinar and we'll get you sort of signed up and that link sent over. So guys I hope that helps. If you have any questions, if you want me to do an episode on any specific topic this was a question that was asked by someone. Hey Vaughn, could you do an episode about the gaining phase, about the setup and how maybe perhaps the difference between a male and a female? So ask and you shall receive. So wherever you are guys, um, you know I record this on Easter Monday, so happy Easter. Um, but wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.